Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. You're listening to Noncompliant America with J.D. Rucker. The show starts... Now. So our next guest is a spokesman for the Second Amendment Foundation. You can go there at saf.org, Second Amendment Foundation, saf.org, and became known across America as the, quote, good guy with a gun who intervened in a deadly mass shooting incident on November 5th, 2017, that took place at the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. I'm sure most of you remember that. It was uh, horrific, but thankfully it was it was mitigated to some extent by our next guest um he shot and wounded the mass well you know what i'm not even going to go into that i'm going to let i'm going to let him explain exactly what happened i'm very pleased blessed and honored to have stephen williford on as our guest today mr williford how are you doing i'm doing well today uh doing all right and i'd like to say i'm sponsored by second amendment foundation at saf.org go sign up help us protect our rights Definitely, definitely sign up. We had um, had a, a gentleman on from there the other day. Um, I interviewed Glenn. Are you familiar with Glenn? Glenn, uh, which Glenn? <laughs> oh, there's multiple Glens. Glenn Caroline. Um, he's uh, he's with the Second Amendment Foundation as well. He, oh, yes, yeah, he does a whole lot of stuff, and um, yeah, that was really good, really good stuff. So, so tell us, you know, I want to talk about current events. I want to talk about uh, our gun rights and what we need to do to defend those rights. But I want to start, I want the audience to have an understanding, you know, because we're, we're now three years removed from that terrible, tragic day that, again, could have been more tragic had you not stepped in. Why don't you walk us through, you know, from the beginning, what exactly happened as a shooter uh, walked in and then started shooting at the First Baptist Church in Sutherland Springs, Texas. Bring us, bring us up to speed. I was actually here at my home on that morning and the reason I was home is because um, I was going to start my on-call at the hospital uh, where I worked and I was going to start that the very next day. I was going to have to carry a pager. Uh, most millennials don't even know what a pager is, <laughs> um, but I was going to have to carry a pager for the next 24-7. And I was going to have to do emergency calls and stuff. And people ask what an emergency plumber is. Well, if you've got three inches of raw sewage running down a hallway in a surgical clean room, uh, that constitutes an emergency. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was going to work 20, 30 hours extra that week. And I stayed home from church that day. I attended a church in San Antonio nearby, 35 35 miles away, um, I did not attend First Baptist Church that, 
And uh, so my daughter made me aware of what was going on. She came into my room and said, Dad, doesn't that sound like gunfire? My oldest daughter was uh, living with us at the time because she was engaged to be married. And she didn't want to have to sign another apartment contract, contract and then be stuck with it when they got married. She wanted to be able to just move in with her husband and not have another contract. So she was staying with us and she was washing dishes that morning and she made me aware of it. And uh, I ran to my safe. She ran out the door, got in her car and drove up the block to find out what, what was going on. I, I got a rifle out of the safe and a magazine. I, I ran to the next room, got a handful of ammunition, just, gra just grabbed what I could and started sticking them into a magazine. I called my wife to find out where she was and she was at my other daughter's house. We were building my other daughter a home uh, from scratch. And my wife was taping and floating the walls there. And I asked her where she was. She said, well, I'm at Rachel's house. And I said, stay there. She could hear the panic in my voice. And she said, what's going on? I said, there's someone shooting up at Baptist church. She said, uh, don't go over there. I hung up on her. And um, she said later, I knew you were going over there, but how could I not? My older daughter ran in and, and said, Dad, there, there's a guy in black tactical gear shooting up the church. She said, I saw him shooting in the front doors and walking in. And he had black tactical gear. I said, did you call 911? She said, I did. They're aware of it. So now I knew that the police department's coming. And they're coming as fast as they can. And they're coming to a mass shooting. And I'm running across the street with a rifle in my hands. What are they going to think when they get there? So I was actually more afraid of the police department than I was a shooter at that moment. But, but I knew my community couldn't wait. I, I didn't even take time to put shoes on. And I ran across the street. As I ran across the street, I yelled out. And uh, I truly believe that was the Holy Spirit yelling out from me, because at that moment, he heard me yell out inside the church. He had just shot Chris Workman in the back, and he put a bullet through Chris's mother through her breast. And then he skipped one off the concrete into her leg, and that's when I yelled out. And if you can imagine, inside the church, they're hearing gunshots and screams and they heard me call out and they said immediately when I called out he dropped his rifle in the church and came out with just his pistol in his hand why would he have done that I, I, I don't know I can't explain it he came out with just his pistol in his hand and he started shooting at me and I ran behind a truck for cover and I returned fire he had on class three body armor. And for the people that are watching this that don't know, class two body armor is generally what the police department wears. And uh, it deflects bullet uh, pistols, but it won't stop a rifle. And he ran out shooting at me and I hit him in the left chest. I hit him in the abdomen. And he hit the truck in front of me, shattered the windshield of the car behind me. And he hit the house behind me. And I hit him in the left chest. I hit him in the abdomen. And he ran for his vehicle. The vehicle was sitting in the middle of the road with the driver's side door open and the engine running. 
And when he turned to his side, class three has a front plate and has a rear plate and Velcro's across the side. When he turned to his side, I put a bullet in high in his side and then I put one in his legs. He was able to get into the vehicle. He put two rounds through the side window and the window didn't collapse at that moment, but he put two more rounds through the side window at me. And I put where I one where I perceived his head to be because I, I couldn't see because of the, the reflection from the glass. And I put one where I perceived his head to be and it shattered the window. Coroner's report said it broke across his forehead. He had a ballistic style helmet on, bulletproof helmet. That's the only place I could have hit him is across the forehead. He then proceeded to accelerate down the road, turn the corner and running just as fast as he could away. I ran out into the middle of the street and he was about 150 yards away and leaving fast. I put another bullet through the back windshield that shattered and the police say that bullet went through the back windshield, went through the driver's side seat and hit him just right of the left shoulder blade. And he went over the top of the hill and out of sight. And I'm standing in the middle of the road and thinking to myself, it can't end this way. You know, it can't end this way. And I looked off to my left and there was a pickup truck there. And this guy had, ex had witnessed the whole shootout and he was on the phone. I ran over and I tapped on his window and said, that guy just shot up the Baptist church and we have to stop him. Now, picture that in your mind. He just saw a shootout in front of him. And one of the guys comes running over and taps on the window as the other one speeds off and says, we need to stop him. Any sane man would have just accelerated and left me standing at the stop sign. But this is Texas we're talking about. We're not known for our sanity. A little bit of honor and, and you know, um, duty, but not sanity. So the, the locks came open on Johnny's truck. I didn't know Johnny, never met him in my life. And we gave chase for 11.6 miles down the road. And at the end, the killer had called his wife and his father and said that they were together. He had handcuffed his wife before he left that morning. And before he started shooting, he called his father and told his father his wife needed his help. So his wife and his father were together. And he called his wife and his father and told them that he had been shot multiple times. He'd done something horrible and been shot multiple times and was not gonna make it. And he turned the gun on himself and he killed himself. And I'm okay with that. Yes, that's uh, you know one less bad guy to deal with and, and one less person to incarcerate. That's what you described is some amazing marksmanship and shooting. Could you, if you don't mind, you, you don't have to, I know this is personal information, but, but could you, could you tell us what kind of weapon you were using specifically? I, I, I hand built an AR-15. I put all the parts together. I designed it the way I wanted it. I used to be a rifle and pistol competitor. Mm -hmm. And this particular rifle, I built myself to be light and quick and maneuverable. And I'd shoot bowling pins and swing targets and things while I moved. Mm. When I went to my safe, I knew that that was the gun to take because I'm, it was like my right arm, you know? Yeah. Being a, being a competitor, 
it, it's it, it's just natural absolutely um did it have a scope or or sights it had a uh, holographic sight if, if you don't know what that is it had a holographic it just projects projects a circle with a dot in the middle of it mm -hmm. on, a, on a little glass screen and, yeah because uh, that 150 yard shot on a moving vehicle into the uh into the shoulder that's that's an amazing shot you know of all the shots yeah, there were some some very difficult shots to take and I, again again i truly believe that god was in charge of this whole thing and in control when he came out of the building he was shooting at me and i i saw everything in slow motion i saw his slide moving i saw the flash i, I saw the brass coming out everything was in slow motion and, and i felt god tell me don't worry about those rounds. Do what I sent you here for. Mm. And uh, so I, I truly believe that God was had sent me over there to stop this. Um, people don't people don't get it. Um, David and Goliath. Everybody's read the story of David and Goliath. Uh, people that they have studied uh, sh shepherds in third world countries now that still defend their flocks with stones and slingshots and they can hit a running wolf running through their sheep now that's an amazing shot mm -hmm. with a slingshot and they have chronographed how fast these rocks are flying and they call these guys slingers and they can sling a rock at 900 foot per second mm -hmm. That's the same velocity of a 45 ACP shot out of a pistol. Mm -hmm. These guys are good at what they do. And so when you read about David, David wasn't just this meek little shepherd boy. What he tells Saul, he said, I killed a lion, I killed a bear. I'll bring you this Philistine's head on a platter. With God protecting me, I'll bring you this Philistine's head. And Saul offered him his armor, and David said, I don't want it. He couldn't move his arm. I believe God trains us for purposes, and I believe that God trained me for this purpose well ahead of time. Have you ever had an incident in, before in your life where you've had to, uh, had to fire on another person? Never. Wow. Never. Wow. I'm, I'm a plumber. I'm a simple man. <laughs> I've never had any military experience. I've never been in law enforcement, but I'm, I've been a competitor. Yeah. I, I even trained one of our five uh, competition shooters. We had a team of five that competed together, and he was an Army Ranger and a San Antonio police officer at the time. And he trained us for, for five weeks straight on what to do with, with Class three body armor. He told me, he said, shoot them in the armor, they'll feel it. He said, then when you get the arm opportunity, put one in his side, one in his hips, and one in his legs. And out of those three places, I hit him tw two out of those three places when he turned to his side. And why would a plumber have ever even trained that? Only, only for, for a very specific and... Uh... And, and divine purpose. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. There were lives saved that day. So let's fast forward three years. 
Um, well, before we get to that, I, I'm just out of curiosity. Do you still have that gun? Absolutely, I do. Uh, <laughs> it still has the police tags on it. And the Texas Rangers were who had taken it for evidence. Mm. And so I, I have the paper with the Texas Rangers signature on it and my signature on it where I got it back. It has the serial number and everything. I thought I'd just save it just like it is. And, and I've not fired it since. The last time that rifle was fired, it was actually fired at a man. Mm. Stopped a, stopped a shooter. That is a it is a special weapon. I would keep that or put it on eBay and sell it for a whole lot of money. No, I'm just teasing. I know you wouldn't do that. <laughs> Actually, it's just a gun. It's just a gun. Uh, I, 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 would, I would if somebody was interested. You know? Hey, there we go. So, uh, so people, everybody, you know, make an offer. The bid start started at, uh, at thirty grand. So, um, oh no, gotta uh, have much three. More Three hundred grand, uh, ten million dollars. All right. <laughs> so Everything, everything's for sale. You may not like the price. <laughs> you just may not like the price. So let's fast forward to today. So we're in a situation now where we have, after four years of a president who was defending our Second Amendment rights, now we're faced with a president who also has has control of Congress that. You know, the, with the Democratic Party that is against our Second Amendment rights. They'll say that they're not, but then they attempt to curtail and or remove and or take away our guns at every possible opportunity. What are we going to do as, as American patriots, as gun owners, as, um, as Second Amendment advocates such as yourself? What can we do to, to stop or slow this down? First, I'll tell you, go out and, and sign up for Second Amendment Foundation at saf.org. Uh, we need all the help we can get. It's time for gun owners that have never been part of an organization like the Second Amendment Foundation to stand up. Us gun owners that are part of all these organizations and stuff, we're tired of carrying the heavy load for you. It's time that you get out and do your part, sign up and and start fighting the battle against this kind of tyrannical government. Second off, uh, when tyranny becomes the normal, it's your duty to not comply. And, and I'm gonna say that straightforward. If they can pass all the laws that they wanna pass, but do not comply. Uh, you know, they can, they can try all they want, but there's more of us than there are of them. They just don't comply. And, and you know, Beto O'Rourke said, oh, I, the American people are good people and they'll follow the law. I am following the law. I understand that our supreme law in this country is the Second Amendment. And it overrides every one of, any one of the illegal laws they try to make. It is the supreme law of this country, you know, is our constitution. And our second amendment gives us the right and even the duty not to comply. If you can make all the laws you want, but if you can't enforce them, then what difference does it make? And it is the type of law that is obviously very challenging to enforce. Now we did see, even during the Trump administration, there has been a push for I would say creeping types of of um, of gun restrictions, you know, we saw, for example, the bump stock ban 
was was included in done by the Department of Justice technically, but still, you know that that came to be. Um, we've heard. You know, I live out here in California. I sorry, <laughs> I, or you should feel sorry for me. Actually, uh, <laughs> it may not be for very much longer the way things are going. But you know, we have we have uh, magazine size restrictions. You know, and a lot of states do now. Those little creeping you know, pushes towards, towards, uh, you know, taking away our rights. Should we be, I mean, should we be concerned? Is this going, are these precursors, do you think, to uh, to full-blown gun confiscation? We should be very concerned about that. And I'm going to tell you something else we should be concerned more about even, is uh, when uh, Sandy Hook happened, and that was a horrible tragedy. It was horrible. Let's just that out there but you can't you know you can't stop a a mad gunman like that from getting a gun you can't do it look at look at france where they've been hit multiple times with fully automatic m16s and they're all illegal so let's be real about sandy hook but they have allowed them to sue remington one of our nation's oldest gun manufacturers and now they sued them out of existence. They don't exist anymore. They were parted out and they owned, uh, they owned um, all kinds, DPMS, they owned um, Bushmaster, um, they owned several. And, and that's part of why the, manuf- the ammunition is being so tough getting ammunition nowadays is because their ammunition manufacturing plants went away. Now they were all bought out and pieced, pieced out. Marlon, Marlon Ruger bought Marlon. And Joe Biden has said that he's coming after the gun manufacturers. And he's coming after them with lawsuits and stuff. And, and this, this is unheard of. And it, it is a definite, just in your face against the second amendment. And it shouldn't be if somebody co- goes and misuses your product the company that built that product should not be able to be sued and case in point the day before my 31st birthday my parents were killed by a drunk driver driving a ford explorer should i now be able to go and sue budweiser because they made the beer and ford ford for making the Ford Explorer. Should, and if that's the case, this country will never make anything because everybody will sue every company that made any product that was misused. It's not like Bushmaster made that rifle and said, here, now go out and kill a bunch of kids at Sandy Hook. Right. That didn't happen. It is a modern sporting rifle. The fact that that man that monster misused it is not Remington's fault, but we've lost one of our oldest manufacturing companies in this nation way before Ford or Chevy or any of them. They were making guns during civil war and before, and we've lost them now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so we go to the second amendment foundation, saf.org. Um, we can sign up. 
what are they going to to help us organize as far as you know protests and rallies is are they involved in litigation are they doing education uh, litigation organizing um uh you know lobbying things one like my, that. one of my yeah. big fears is that you know with a lot of these organizations and there's there's 10 organizations popping up every day right um, a lot of these organizations they tend to generate a lot of a lot of donations but not do anything with it i've personally well, looked into oh no I, you don't i'm not asking i already know <laughs> foundation is, is 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 chest deep in it right now right. they're out there in the fight and um the NRA is the largest. It's the 900-pound gorilla in the room. Mm -hmm. And the NRA just had to file for bankruptcy themselves. And they're actually coming to Texas, and we welcome them in Texas. Um, come on I'm, down. I wish they'd come to California. You know, well, <laughs> you know, I, I went to Virginia and spoke on the stage at Virginia, and they invited me. And uh, I went and spoke. I was a keynote speaker on their gun rally day and there was there was over a hundred thousand people at that rally and all of them were carrying guns all, all except the ones that were in the capital itself and some of my friends on facebook that were from california said why didn't you come here and i told them because y'all didn't stand up the virginians stood up i cannot stand up for you i live in texas i cannot stand up for you but if you stood up yourself I would support you Absolutely. in every way. Bring me to California, but you got to stand up. You got to show that you're tired. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. So, so Stephen, one final question, and this is—I uh, I would say—the most important thing. Um, as we, you know, as we as citizens, we see what's happening to us. We can join these organizations. That's great. We can send money and donate and all this stuff. What would you recommend? You, you'd already mentioned not, not complying, and I'm 100% I'm 100 in favor of civil disobedience, non-compliance. I'm not a big fan of going out and, and rioting or, or, or burning down buildings like Antifa does. But when it comes to standing up for our rights and defending our Second Amendment rights, that sometimes does require us to, as you say, to abide by the supreme law of the land versus the you know mandates and statutes made by by modern modern tyr uh, tyrants and dictators outside of that should we be going to our capital should we be you know calling and emailing and visiting offices of of um, of yeah. politicians what what can we physically do absolutely call find out your representatives call your representatives get to know them personally uh, and, and most of them don't answer your call but talk to their aides and, and give your opinion write letters um, go to rallies peaceful rallies there's a difference between a rally and a riot go to peaceful rallies uh, again I, I, I just started my own YouTube channel and I was, I was in DC when the riot happened. I spoke on one of the stages there for the Latinos for Trump. I did not go in the Capitol, um, but I was at the rally and that was on a Wednesday. And the very next Saturday, 
I was on the state capitol invited by Colonel Allen West to speak at the state capitol uh, about our rights. And I wore a big, uh, I, I wore a CZ-75B with a Texas holster on it and I wore it out in the open, you know. And uh, someone said, well, why didn't you take your AR-15? Because I wanted my hands for a mic. <laughs> I was speaking, but go to rallies and, and, and be willing to stand up Ronald Reagan himself was quoted as saying, freedom is no more than a generation away from extinction. It wasn't passed down through the bloodline, but it must be fought for and protected and handed down for the next generation to do the same. Let it never be said that when tyranny rose, it was my generation that failed to stand. I don't want to spend my twilight years telling my grandchildren what it was like living in a free free land. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ronald Reagan was a great man. Yes, he was. He he was. And I think I think we've we're we're starting to see hopefully more people like him, more people who are finally waking up. You know, we've had some pretty good times of late and uh now things are have been shaken up to the point that we must stand up. We must stand up for our rights. I know I said that was the last question. I do have one more. Um, other than, of course, the the infamous uh, AR-15, a lot of whenever we get the um, you know gun experts, gun gun people on the show, invariably I have to ask, what is your favorite personal firearm? For what purpose? <laughs> There's a, then that's the right answer. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh so for um we've, for everyday we've, carry no, no no let's let's call it for um your favorite to fire in any situation whether it's at the range or or hitting bowling pins or doing competition what do you just you know when it's in your hands when you're when you're uh pulling the trigger the I, uh, it depends on whether i want to be concealed or not i carry a, a springfield army hellcat on me mm -hmm. Uh, it holds 13 rounds in a magazine, one in the chamber. It's very small, compact. I pull a shirt down over it. Nobody sees it. It just goes away. Uh, when I'm, I have my dress gun <laughs> that I have carried for over 20 years. It's a Kimber Ultra CDP uh, from the Kim Kimber Custom Shop. I've, I've competed and won first place trophies against full-size pistols with it. I'm really good with it. But that being said, if you have a choice of a rifle or a pistol, always choose a rifle. And I have several custom built that I built myself, AR-15s, that I shoot and move with. Uh, don't take a, a pistol to a rifle uh, shootout. Um, again, he had on class three body armor. And when I hit him, he knew it. Even in the body armor, it bruised him. Um, pistol, you know, is is good when you can't carry a rifle because it's compact, it's hideable, doesn't, you know, I, I can't see myself carrying my rifle to Walmart. Right. So I carry a pistol and someone said, well, what if you were in Walmart and didn't have a pistol? And I said, what, did I forget my pants at home? <laughs> you know, I mean... If, if, and, and there's those places in Texas where you can't carry the businesses that put the little sign up, say you can't carry in this business. 
I just don't do business with them. They have the right to tell me that. That's their business. That's their property. They have to tell, they have the right to be able to say, look, you can't carry on my property. But I have the right to defend my family and I have the right to do business elsewhere. So all these businesses out there, heads up, you put the little sign up, Stephen Wolford won't walk in your business. I, I respect your right to decide what you do with your business, but you have to respect my right to be able to spend my money elsewhere. Very well said, very well said. Stephen Wilford, my friend, it has been an honor and a privilege and a blessing to have you on the show. Um, let's have you on again in the future. Let's see how things go with Biden. And let's uh, have you on perhaps with, with even other members of the, uh, the Second Amendment Foundation. Um, do you have a website? You mentioned you have a YouTube channel. Do you have a website of your own? Or should we just find you at saf.org and your YouTube channel? have a website, stephenwilliford.com, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-W-I-L-L-E-F-O-R-D.com. I also have a new YouTube channel that I'm trying to get kicked off and running, and uh, it's Barefoot Defender. You want to get clean and get out so you can see Barefoot it? Defender on YouTube. Got it. Got yeah. it. So right. please, please go and, and uh, uh, subscribe to my channel. I, I've got Three videos out. It's a relatively new channel. Uh, I'm talking to Steve Toth with Texas State Representative Steve Toth, and he has House Bill 112 in Texas, which says the state of Texas will not recognize any federal, any new federal firearms license or laws. Running. So saying that if if you build an AR-15 in Texas, it's all 100% made in Texas. You can sell it in Texas, and the federal government can't do a damn thing about it. Oh, I'm sorry, I said that word. That's okay. It's okay. We we cut off at at uh, at damn. That's that's kind of as as. <laughs> I'm so, I'm sorry. I usually don't use that language. <laughs> it, it, it's it's quite all right, sir. Um, thank you again for being on. May God bless you. May God bless America, and uh, may God bless Texas. That's for sure. You take care now. I like to cook on the Big Green Egg. Why? It's impressive and everything turns out great on the Big Green Egg. If you don't have one, you got to go to Wasi's Meat Market and get a Big Green Egg. They have the lowest prices in the country. They also have all the accessories. They even have a classroom set up to teach you all the basic techniques on the Big Green Egg and advanced techniques on the Big Green Egg. When you get the Big Green Egg from Wasi's Meat Market, there's a lifetime guarantee. So check them out. It's Wasi's Meat Market. Check them out on Instagram or just go to their website, Wasi's Meat Market in Melbourne on Wickham Road. It's Wassie's Meat Market. Hey, kiddo. How was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com.